The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I'm Tanya Weiser, and um, this is the fourth, yay, fourth week in our five-week Introduction to Mindfulness series. Um, the first week was Mindfulness of Breathing. The second week was um, Mindfulness of Body. The third week was Mindfulness of Emotions. And tonight, we'll add Mindfulness of Thinking. So... Um, I'm wondering if we could just start with a little bit of a check-in. What did you, how did last week's class affect your meditation this last week? How did it go paying attention to emotions? Um, Anybody share anything that you noticed, learned, recognized? Great, thank you. Um, So I found myself over last weekend being a little disappointed in something. And I was thinking, why am I disappointed? I shouldn't let this other person affect me. I don't know why I can't get over this. And I was like almost dwelling on it. (laughs) But I didn't even think about, you know, our class until the next day. And then I was thinking... I shouldn't have be, be myself up, and maybe I could have just been disappointed and um, felt it and experienced it without being so harsh on myself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, you noticed it the next day, and it's never yeah. too late. I found that you know um, it's always better if we notice in the moment, right? But um, I think it's really helpful to recognize and honor. Oh, I'm remembering right now. Remembering that I have this as an option. And then I was thinking about the um, sports commentator yes. in the background. And, it, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that arrow simile, you know, we, in life there are certain things that happen, like whatever happened that felt disappointing, right? Things happen in life that aren't so great. Our health or our tires blow out or something with work or stress or whatever. These things happen and they're unavoidable. And that's what the Buddha said is like the first arrow, right? But then it's the, all the other stuff that we add are the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth arrow. It's just relentless, right? It just keeps flowing if we get stuck in these loops, ruminating over something. Yeah. And, you know, that, the, the one that's slinging the arrows is the commentator, right? Or many commentators, <laughs> depending on the situation. So it's wonderful that you noticed the next day that you had that recognition. How did it affect you when you when you thought about that? How did you feel? Um, I felt like I needed to be a little bit more gentle with myself. Mm-hmm. And when you thought that, what did you feel? What did you notice? Um, it made me feel okay. Beautiful. With my emotions. Beautiful. Beautiful. And more accepting. Beautiful. Yeah. This is what meditation is all about, is our relationship to our experience. Really. So much of it. That's the, that's the critical piece. Beautiful. 
Thank you for sharing. Did you want to say anything else about it? No. Thank you for getting us started. Anybody else willing to share anything about their practice with emotions this last week? Thank you. Last Thursday, we were talking about emotion. Mm-hmm. So Friday morning, I was meditating. And I realized I threw away something very important, a birthday gift, which came from my aunt. So um, it was a jade necklace. It was mm. quite expensive. So I tried to clean up my house. I threw it away to garbage can. <gasps> yes. And I, that was about three weeks ago. And I just remember the Thursday meditation. And I realized I was angry at myself. I was mad. But I know the emotion. I control my emotion. And then um, I was not angry and I was not disappointed at all. Wow. Because that was not for me. Mm. So that was a good meditation. Beautiful. So you were able to see mm-hmm. the memory come up, see the emotion, name the emotion. And it you, you, sounds like you felt free from the emotion. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Great. Thank you. Well, what happened for me is um, I've been wanting to meditate. Like, it's like, oh, I'm looking forward to it. And I tried something different before I was getting up and before my husband and having my coffee and doing a few things and then meditating. And the last three days, I got up before him, no coffee or anything, and meditated. And it was really interesting um, how different my mind was and how it would wander to different things than typically it would, especially if I put a stimulant in me yes. the coffee. So um, I liked that better. It's felt mm. more pure. And, um, you know, I, I did my meditation every day, so it's been wonderful. And my sister was in town yesterday, and her husband's a Vipassana meditator. He does a lot oh. of retreats, and he was, like, drilling me, actually, like, on my, what my practice is, what I'm learning, why am I doing it. He, he thinks he's smarter than everybody. <laughs> it's just who he is. And um, it was just really interesting how I was, I wasn't intimidated by him, and I was just very calm, and I was ex- expressing to him how I felt, why I'm doing it, and how I feel I can change, and, you know, where I want to go in my life. And he had a very different perspective, but I was just calmer. You know, it just, it's, been, it's been a good week. I had a really good week. And you think that part of the calmness is coming from your sitting every day? Is that what you're I, saying? I believe so, Tanya, yeah. Because a few other things I'd been um, obsessing over the week before, it was like, it's all going to be okay. You know, I've kind of let mm. some things go. So mm. probably a combination of things, but the meditation certainly helps. Okay. Thank you, Wendy. Anyone else want to share anything about... working with emotions this past week Um, I'll share um, so this morning I was laying in bed meditating I like to um, tend to wake up sometimes half an hour sometimes an hour sometimes more than that before my alarm and I feel like it's just my own sort of mind my, my own deeper system just okay Tanya you need some time to just be you know, just meditate. So I'll wake up and I'll just um, be aware of the body and the breath. And, you know, it's 
sometimes it's so blissful and peaceful and just this just intense feeling of the body and other times it's not <laughs> and um and i think that that you know one of the things that sitting regularly teaches you is um that really you can have a very different experience of meditation and of your mind and of your relationship to life um and you start to see that so this morning i was laying there and i was like noticing just sort of started to notice this like oh there would be a worry that came up because there's a number of things stressors in my life right now a number of people are sick or traveling or doing this or you know just a lot of different a lot of different things at the same time and so i felt oh yeah okay there's this and i could feel it kind of coming up and tension in the body and then i'd sort of oh yeah there it is i see it you know and then kind of it quiet down and then it kept happening and then it was another one and then it, it took me a little while right and then i was like of course of course it's just this is the the mood of the mind the mood of the mind is slightly worried you know a little bit anxious or concerned about all these different people and situations and that mood that emotion kind of tends to generate certain kinds of thoughts so you know um and and i was able to go oh yeah i know this <laughs> and, you know and i was able to say oh yeah it doesn't always feel like this this i can feel the difference i can feel the difference the mood the, you know the emotional tone is impacting the kinds of thoughts that are arising another day it would be very different another way i like to think about this is that a simile is um we're all wearing sunglasses let's say we're all have sunglasses on so if you have rose colored glasses on you see things in one way if you have tinted lenses that are sort of brown you see them in another way if they're gray another way the darker they are the more they change things right One person told me about how they were wearing pink sunglasses and it changed the color so they couldn't see green lights. Right? And and this is sort of what moods do. They filter kind of how and color how we see things. If we don't know we have them on, we don't realize that things are being filtered. we don't see the green lights right and so it's so helpful to recognize to recognize them and last week i was talking about the importance of naming the mood or the emotion you know and we're going to talk about naming thoughts tonight and i want to just sort of immediately draw out what for me is a difference with emotions i feel like i need to be more accurate that it that they that i i need to know more clearly what really what am i feeling with a thought we're going to try with labeling naming tonight but with the thinking it's not the same it doesn't we don't need to spend a lot of time getting the right name thinking by itself is enough of a label worrying 
and we'll talk more about this, but I just I really want to highlight that what my in my experience and we we're all we all have to find our path, right? We have to find our way of relating and find how our body, our heart, our mind responds. So I'm sharing what works for me, right? And I'll share other things too, but but um, I'm trying to make it really explicit for you so you can you know that you've got to be the scientist in your own mind. You've got to be the person that you're going to, you know, you're the politically correct Christopher Columbus going to your own, exploring your own territory, coming to your body, your experience, right? And, and coming to this land that is really uniquely yours, right? And you don't want to be, as you explore your own being, it's really important that you be yourself, right? Not try and be somebody else or impose other people's view on your, your experience. You can use their, their perspectives to help you find and figure out what lenses are you wearing. But these lenses get developed over time and our relationship to the lenses. So some people are comfortable being happy and some people are not. I've known plenty of people who feel like, oh no, it's, the happy bubble's going to get popped. So I don't want to be happy. I don't want to get excited because I'm going to get hurt. Somebody else is like all about happy. They're only ever happy. Everything's happy and good, you know. So we we have different relationships to different moods and feelings. And this is your this is what you need to discover, right? You need to discover your what is what is your what's your inner territory about? And this this territory of emotions is very important territory to learn about. As I talked about last week as well, the, the idea that emotions are sort of like motivational systems. They motivate action. Right? They, they color how you see things and they motivate responses or actions, other thoughts. So it's really helpful to get to know them, to recognize when you're under their influence. Yeah. Any questions about that? Yeah. Can you? Beautiful. Beautiful, please. Thank you. Trying to figure out how to say it. So, yes. So, we are considering intent to embark on some new family responsibilities and encountered kind of a minor setback. And, um, you know, what we're doing is very exciting, a little scary. And the setback, um, it, I felt relieved when we had a minor setback. Mm-hmm. And it surprised me. And so uh, for several days, I kind of mulled this over, like uh, trying to pay attention to uh, why would I be feeling relieved, like a you know, am I commitment phobic? Uh, like, what's going on here? And um, so it was really helpful to be able to pay attention to it. Great. Great. <laughs> I, I, I just Can I just say, I so appreciate that you gave it space and time. That 
sometimes we don't know exactly why, but we notice this is different. And it sounds like you just gave it a lot of room and took some time with it. Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't want to overreact to anything. Uh-huh. And because um, there's no, it didn't, I mean, I think it's, it was hard, it's, it, 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 eventually being able to, to tease out the um, underlying issues or complexities or uh, reasons Great. Uh, can take some time, I guess, at least for me. Great. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I paying, taking the time to, to really kind of turn this thing over, this emotion over, uh, over a protracted period of time was helpful. And I, I have some insights. Great. Also, I don't know if this is correct or not, but what I'm hearing is you you kind of gave it some space. You didn't sit there and sort of super hyper-analyze it or try and do some sort of hypothesis and prove it right or wrong, but rather you literally gave yourself space to be with this. Beautiful. Gave it a little time and then later came back to it again, day mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. It's Sometimes, I don't know, I find like getting a good night's sleep, sleeping on something, like the next day things are a little clearer. Yeah, well, a lot of times we've changed glasses. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Did anyone else want to share anything? Okay. Um, so... Let me just highlight something that you you said, the T's apart. So that's the T in the raft, right? So we talked about with the raft practice with emotions, it's recognize, naming, accept or allow, find and feel, and T's apart. Sort of separate out what's the thought, what's the commentator, what's the raw emotion, what's in the body, right? And then I like... Sort of like, is there a place where you can trust and and let go, relax? The T2. So, you know, let's shift into thinking. So first, let's just take a moment with, what is thinking? How do you know what thinking is? Can anybody describe what thoughts are to me? Um, reflections of the past thoughts of the future Mm -hmm. or uh, labeling or categorizing things and um, can you describe the different ways you have reflections of the past is it always one way that you have reflections of the past Um, no no your emotions I believe kind of um, affect your your thoughts you can you can reflect on the past both favorably and um, unfavorably, I guess. Mm-hmm. And do you hear your thoughts? Do you see your thoughts? <clears throat> if you're awake. Both? You both hear and see your thoughts? I believe, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, do you see words? <clears throat> At times. At times. Do you see images? At times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you might hear thoughts because there's an inner voice. You might read sort of thoughts, seeing words. or You might see images. Right? These are all, and, and thoughts can be kind of, 
drifty and not so clear too and be a subtle sense of oh I, there's something working under here there's something going on so that these it's important to recognize what are thoughts and you know we don't all have the same minds so some people think very clearly visually some people think very clearly seeing words it's what their primor- primary mode of thinking some people it's primarily talking do you know how you think mostly so let's take a deep breath and just let's just do a three breath or four breath journey and just notice if a thought happens and see if you can see what kind of thinking is happening for you at this moment. Anybody have a thought yet? <laughs> okay, just one person. Nobody else had a thought? You had a thought? A thought? Okay, oh, okay, okay, all right. So what did you notice about the thoughts? What did you see? Great, uh, microphone right here. Thank you for getting it to her. on I could hear it okay thank you um my thoughts just impart meaning they're like symbols they're it's its own language uh-huh. so it just stamps meaning into my experience it, it doesn't have to be anything yeah I can feel it I'm aware of it it can just be just standard awareness mm-hmm. so there's a symbology how do you experience that symbology? How do you know there's a symbol of a thought? I'm just very curious. Yeah. It feels like a knowing. A knowing. Uh-huh. And can you, can you identify where you feel the knowing? Or where you experience the symbology? It's like in the back of my brain. In the, in back, the back of, of my brain. head. Okay. <laughs> But it's very abstract. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Somebody else willing to share what what thinking is like for them, at least in this moment? Surprised me a little bit because I hadn't noticed it really before. I'm not sure if it was just <laughs> um, waiting for a thought to come that caused yeah. it to be this way. But um, it was more of an internal monologue. So like a narrator. Yes. Saying things. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, things to remember, things that happened, but words. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing, hearing them more than seeing them. And so. did you did you recognize the voice? Was it familiar voice? I want to say it was my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 
it's more like uh, as if I were reading something, I would say. Uh-huh. Where it's not really embodied in sound, uh-huh. but just kind of like meaning in a stream. Great. You guys are great. This is wonderful. Yeah. You have one more thing, Tess? So I think in the voice, that's the most um, powerful for the message. So like, if I'm thinking of something that I think is really important, I'll hear it in my boss's voice because I respect his, him. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to nurture myself, I think of it in my mother's voice. Or if I want to um, focus, I think about a professor in college talking to me or reading to me. Sometimes I'll read in that professor's voice so that it sticks. Yeah, it's great. I love it. This yeah. is great. Yeah, I think it's also interesting with languages because English is not my first language. Yeah. Um, so when I moved to the U.S., friends of mine asked me, are you already thinking in English? And I'm like, huh, I don't know. Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize that you that it just happens. So you really have to sit down, as we just did, to realize that it's different for everybody. And um, yeah, do I think in English? I guess sometimes I do, but I also know that I'm sometimes falling back and it's just all in, yeah, it's just a big mess, I guess. (laughs) Um, But I think my narrator... Um, is on two levels. So there's one level that's kind of like more conscious. It's like like the monologue. But the other level is it's a little blurry. It's not that it's me talking to me. It's just happening on a different level. I, I don't know how to describe that. Yeah, yeah. Neat. Oh, I love this. What I experienced was um, it was like a short amount of time, and so it was almost like a computer checking all these different things that I may have to do, I want to do, or what I didn't do. It, it, lots of flashes, so I had lots of images, and it seems like it's on this side of my head, and then all of a sudden it's over here, and it kind of goes back and forth. Kind of like a real fast movie going on. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Anybody else? Isn't this amazing? I think it's so fascinating, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right right behind you, you're going to share? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Great. So let's, let's do another meditation. Yeah. Um, so let's... You guys all did great. So let's just see what happens this one. Well, this will be another short one. So let's just take a couple of deep breaths and feel yourself on the chair, supported here among good, good company. And I'm going to just ask you, every periodically, this is a few times, but periodically, 
um, to shine a flashlight on your mind and to see what you notice, see what you see. Just a, a little flash, a one-second, two-second flash to see a thought, to see what's happening in your mind. So just feel your breathing and use that as your foundation. And your thoughts are going to come and go. And what are you aware of right now? So flash your light. See your mind. Take it in. And when you have seen well enough, just come back to breathing. And what are you aware of now? Flash the light. Take it in. Open broad, bright light. What's clear? And then when it's time, just return to breathing again. And what are you aware of now? Flashing the light. Not needing to make anything go away. Just taking a look. Seeing clearly whatever there is to be seen. in, let go of the meditation, alrighty, what did you see, what happened with your flashlight, how was that for you? You want to answer? Sure. So at, at first, my mind was like, oh, I just want to go somewhere peaceful. Like in my mind, like I was envisioning a meadow and I was coming near water. And then when I had to turn the light on, the, um, all these letters started coming up. Like the computer started. It's like, okay, go back to work, Wendy. And, 
and then it came to a point, I think when you said the flashlight the second or third time, it's like, I don't want to think. I just want to be in meditation for longer. I, I need this time to relax, kind of a respite from, from this. So mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Sure, thank you. And did you, did you see the wanting to be in the meadow as a thought? It was a vision. Yeah. It was a vision. Yeah. A way of thinking. I could see the green. Yeah, it's a way of thinking. And I could almost like feel the coolness or the water. I didn't see the water, but it was yeah. near. And it sounds like that way of thinking, maybe it was the, what you were imagining, but the imagery felt more soothing. And then it felt like when the computer and the analytical voice got activated, it felt more disruptive or... Um, disturbing to you it felt disturbing like you did enough of that today (laughs) it's time to stop (laughs) okay thank you anyone else want to share anything they noticed yeah great i think you know just so you know this is a moment to acknowledge the people out in Audio Dharma Land. Hello, people out there in Audio Dharma Land. They listen. There are people listening. They send emails, and you know, so they're real. So I know it's awkward here, but it, it's really they're part of our sangha. So yeah, thank, thank you, for, you. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Um, I just realize how powerful my mind is because I very clearly noted that I could take my mind wherever I wanted. So I could have thought about grief thoughts. I could have thought about something funny that I saw this morning. And I made the choice to stay present. Mm. So I could have thought about, I could just go wherever I want. And I think that that's kind of one of the challenges throughout the day is just making the decision to consistently stay as wholesome as possible to more solidify those neuropathways and move away from what I'm what I'm naturally gravitated to which is predominantly anxiety type of thoughts because of the pressured life that I live in yeah so beautiful thank you hmm So I have an addendum to my um, realization of how I was thinking, which is uh, this time I noticed that things, things, uh, mind states, I guess, started as emotions, which then some higher level process put words to. So that's... That was really interesting. That was, which is fascinating to me. I never noticed that, that I, this is how <laughs> my head was working. Uh, but that, yeah, just, just noticing that that was what was happening was really cool. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. That, just seeing the link between the emotions and the thoughts also was, was interesting. Very cool. Pass the mic that way. Uh, I, 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 f- I experienced a couple different uh, uh, ch- chains of thinking triggered by my um, senses. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I smelled something like um, cologne or perfume or something, and it reminded me of my mother and because uh, she wore a certain perfume and that I, missed, I love her and I, I kind of miss her. 
Mm. And uh, she passed away a few years ago. And um, then I heard a bird chirping, and it made me think of the beach, and it made me think of the water. It made me think that uh, I'd like to go sailing. And then it made me think that, oh, but I have to work on my boat because I, I can't go sail it yet because I have to do some maintenance. And then I thought of a guy I know who's struggling with something, and I offered to take him sailing last year. And then I thought, you know, maybe I should send him an email and, and uh, say, let's meet at Shoreline Lake and rent one of those little boats. I'll take you out and teach you how to sail. It's uh, e- easy to do. <laughs> That's great. So you saw this whole chain, right? It's amazing. And that's kind of what happens with thinking often. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Mm. Wow. So um, you guys are good little scientists, right? (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good job. So um, we're going to do another meditation. But before we do, I want to sort of just... um, remind you about a few things or maybe share some things that I haven't said, possibly, um, that, you know, can be helpful when we sit down to meditate. Number one is we're, meditation is all-inclusive. Okay? So when, we're, when we sit down on the cushion for the period of meditation, there's nothing that we have to get rid of. Like, our job is not to try and get rid of things. So everything that shows up What we have to do, our job, is to observe it. Not to be it, but to see it. Right? And so we don't have to try and get rid of thoughts. They kind of disappear on their own, especially if we aren't feeding them with our our engagement, our energy. Um, And... um, being bothered by our thoughts um, actually tends to make them fuel them, keep them going. So if we find that we're irritated by our mind and we need a break, sometimes that irritation actually tends to cause the brain to keep going at us, right? Um, So in meditation, everything is a part of in a way, I like to think about this as like whole, a practice of wholeness. There's so much selectivity, that such a strong tendency for selectivity or wanting to kind of have this or not have that in our lives. And this is a practice of sort of allowing, you know, what's happening in our inner world is just happening. It's all here already. I'm not talking about letting people walk up and abuse you on the streets. I'm talking about when you're sitting on a cushion. That what comes up is already something that's within you. And how do we hold it and see it and witness it in a way that allows it to be known and seen and lets it do, you know, typically when we see with a compassionate and wise mind, typically... Things that are painful or difficult, once they're kind of seen, they they just sort of, it's like digestion or something. They just sort of dissolve, you know. They sort of move on or shift. Um, So we're, we're doing the opposite of what we do in most of our life. We're not trying to control things. 
We're, we're working on not controlling, not clinging, not trying to fix, not trying, but trying to rather just to be. And that's where we start to grow our ability to be free. So that, because so much of this is happening so fast as you're seeing, right? So there's a lot going on in a short amount of time. Our meditations were very short and you had a lot to report. As we, as we practice being with, observing, and not trying to control and fix and get rid of and all of that, we develop more capacity to be present in life without getting moved and manipulated by our own predispositions, emotions, habits, and patterns. So it's not that we don't want to act in life. Right? The goal is we don't meditate so that we become blobs. Right? We meditate so that we have more choice, more awareness, more space between what comes up and our reaction to it. So there's a quote, it's very famous. Is it B.F. Skinner? I don't. The, yeah. Now I lost the quote. <laughs> The freedom lies, you know, in the, 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 there's the impulse and the space between the impulse and the action is where freedom lies. Yeah. So the impulse or the thought or the emotion comes up and so much of us, our conditioning is so automatic, so quick there's reaction to whatever it is that has come up. Whether it's the scent Right, that in our environment, so it's a sensory input or an internally generated thought or an emotion. And, you know, we get conditioned, like the dogs, you know, that get conditioned to saliva when they hear the bell. We get conditioned in the same way in life. And the more gap, the more space there is between the stimulus and the response, the more that's where our freedom is. That's where our choice comes in. That's where our ability to kind of cultivate more compassion, more wisdom, you know, more presence, so that we can be a source for more good in our own lives and for the lives of others more and more. Okay. Ready to meditate a little longer? Great. So go ahead and take a, a meditation posture. We'll take a you know a little longer period of meditation now. And as you're getting settled and checking in with your body, I'm going to share with you sort of a a way to think of another yet another yet another way to think about thoughts. And. This is a, a simile that Gil uses a lot, and I really find it useful. Um, so, you know, right now, if you imagine sort of going to someplace really comfortable, a, a river, let's go to a riverbank, and sitting, finding a place to sit under a tree. And imagine leaning back into that tree. And looking out at the land and the, the water, 
And it's a big river and a long, big body of water. And feel yourself sort of settling and sitting into this place. Getting grounded and feeling the sense of just hearing the water lapping on the shore, the birds, smelling the earth, being open here and present for your experience. sudden you start to hear this the sound and you're like what's that sound and it's getting louder and you realize it's music it's kind of loud and rambunctious music and and then you can see this boat And it's like blinking, flashing lights and people are on the decks and there's somebody announcing all kinds of activities and this music and it's like a showboat, you know? It's like there's a lot happening on this boat. There's so much. And you get more and more interested in looking at this boat and taking in the colors and the people and do I recognize anyone and then pretty soon you're on the boat you've left the shore and people are dancing and eating and it's loud and busy and there's all kinds of things flashing and grooving and And a little ways down the river, you realize, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, I left my peaceful spot. I'm, I'm getting, I'm going for a ride with these people. I don't, I think I'm getting kind of tired. My ears are, I'm getting a headache, right? So you recognize, I'm on the showboat. And so you, takes a while, you get off the boat. And then you make your way back up to shore finding that little spot you had, sitting back down under the tree, feeling your body on the earth, resting your back against the the bark of the tree, starting to feel a sense of ease and slowness, stillness and peace. Ah. Here in the water again. Kind of forgot about the water, even though you were on a boat. And then you're chilling out, and you jump out of your skin because you hear this boom and a bang. And you look up and you see a war boat. People are fighting, guns are blazing. 
and you see, oh, this is the great war. This is an important war. I need to fight this war. I need to get up and go be part of this war. And you get on the boat. And you're all part of the battle. And you're fighting and it's tough. And you're watching and you're suffering. And you're in this fight, 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 fight. And it takes you two months to realize you're on the battleship. And that you left your spot on the shore. And you make your way to shore. And then you slowly, ah, weary from this fighting, make your way back, back, step by step, to your little spot on the side of the river, under the tree. And you sit down, and you feel the earth, and you smell it, and you go, why did I leave? And you lean back into the tree. And you hear the water lapping at the shore. And you're just breathing in and out. And in this way, meditation is very much like this. Our life is very much like this. We get present. And then there's these thoughts. They're like boats. And we get carried away down the stream on these boats. So if you like, in your meditation, you might imagine what kind of boat comes your way. Notice if you get on it or if you can watch it come and go. And you might try a simple noting or naming practice. Like, oh, there's the, there's the casino boat. Oh, there's the discount savings boat. There's the poor me raft. Oh, there's that battleship. Oh, there's my fantasy wife boat, you know. Whatever it is, just a simple little note. And see if you can stay on the shore. And let the boats come and go. Come and go.
So what kind of boats showed up for you? Anybody willing to share? The microphone's right there. So I think for me it was um it was interesting when you when you kind of had the commentary going and you talked about the you know the fun boat yeah and then you talked about the war boat I actually could actually experience the difference between being on one versus being on the other um you know the fun boat was a lot of like la 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 yay I'm in I'm in fun land, you know, I'm having a great time. And so automatically my whole body just relaxed and was like, you know, this, in this joyful mood. But when it came to the war boat, as soon as you talked about war and things like that, it was just like my body just stiffened and it was just like, oh my God, you know, I'm in a war. Like, you know, so that was very interesting. And then when I got into my own zone, I think a lot of it was just around being in a, you know, a boat of like just stillness and calm and peace because I felt like that was the one that I just resonated with the most mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so um, one one thing to that's really tempting it's really wonderful when we have peaceful calm boats we want to try, even with those, in meditation, to not be the boat, but to see the boat. Mm. Right? See the boat. Witness the boat without getting on the boat. And part of how we get on the boat is we identify as the boat. I'm peaceful. I'm calm. I'm upset. I'm happy. Right? So this is a big part of sort of a piece that fuels our thinking and fuels our emotion is identification with it. And of course when it's blissful and wonderful it's you know, it's very it's lovely. We want to cultivate those states for ourselves. And it's possible to have those states and not get on the boat. Not be the boat. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else willing to share what that was like for them, what they noticed? I really liked how you gave us that example. Um, In the past, often I'd think of the blue sky and clouds would be my thoughts. But I really identified with the boats um, tonight and... um, when you ask what kind of boats, there would be a boat that would come by that would be possibly an issue that I have with a person or something I need to do. I, I could see that boat, and, I'm, I, and I could, inside of my mind, would say, I don't want to get on that boat. It's going, you can leave. And so it did, and I was quiet. And then another one would come by that, I don't want to get on that boat either. So that was my experience. I wanted to stay by that tree. Yeah. And let all that happen, but I didn't want to get involved tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I had a different experience than that a little bit. Uh, I thought like coming back to the tree was nice and restful and almost healing. 
and in preparation to go get on that boat. So I saw the boat as, okay, I'll go do that for a while, and I'm prepared for that, but then I'm going to go back here and rest by the tree and um, kind of prepare myself for the next boat. Yeah. So I felt like it was like a safe safe spot yeah. to be yeah. in preparation to take on yeah. the boat or the... Well, I would say that's, that's exactly right, that meditation itself is that sitting by the tree, which is the healing. It allows the healing to happen. It allows the um, nurturing and, and kind of nourishment that we need. And life, we need to get on the boats, right? We, we have to participate. But in the meditation, it's the space to not become the boats. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing what you did. And we don't have to get over-identified in life with our boats either. We can remember that, you know, we might be fulfilling a role and a task and a, you know, um, a duty and a, it's wonderful, but maintaining that perspective, that ability to see from the shore, to have that, that, that grounding perspective of, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now, but it's not all of who I am. It's not permanent. It's going to come and go. And Yeah. Nice. Anyone else? Great. I saw the boats as like different rungs of my development throughout my life. Mm-hmm. I saw... I saw the boats up to, like, there's my childhood boat, my young childhood boat, there's my adolescence boat, there's my teenage boat, there's my young adult boat, up to where I am now, and then I started to see my expectations boat of what's going to happen next, next developmental cycle stage of my life, up to getting old and all of those things, and I found myself clinging at, clinging for what had happened, and then being fearful and kind of also not comfortable with what's to come. Mm-hmm. And um, sitting in my, by my tree, I just meditated on, like, my intention was to be free of all of those things. Mm-hmm. I just want to be separate and have a healthy level of de- detachment so that I'm not clinging to the past and I'm not fearful of death. Like, it's kind of like an overshadowing existential angst. Mm-hmm. How was it to you? How, how, in what way did you benefit from seeing all that and, and looking at your relationship with all of that? Well, it, it's hard to describe, but um, it, helps, it helped me to understand that I am just one, I'm just a person. Mm-hmm. I'm just one person, one life. And it's not very important, mm-hmm. like in a way. Like, I'm not saying that our lives aren't important and that we're not important people, but mm-hmm. all of this that has passed is over. And then what will I'm afraid of that will happen will be over before I know it. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to cling, mm-hmm. and I don't need to be afraid of it because it's all temporary. Mm-hmm. And so it made me feel relief, like mm-hmm. the pressure is lifted. So, so it sounds to me like you had some insight into impermanence. The sort of seeing how change occurs. That's been my my biggest desire in my meditation practice is to to learn comfort with impermanence. Uh-huh. That's my greatest yeah. challenge. 
And it sounds like you were consciously working with the insight around not self, like sort of not this permanent me. It's you know, I'm, I'm, these are my experiences and maybe what I'll become. But you know, like sort of not 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 sort of over identifying with that. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's a little complicated, but it's my desire to be watching it all go by and not be so caught up in it all. Mm-hmm. The stuff that has passed, I find myself caught up in it. The stuff that's about to happen, I find myself caught up in it. And I'd rather it stay on the boat. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather stay by my tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so in life we don't necessarily get to choose whether or not we get on or off some boats, right? <laughs> but um, but it's so helpful to observe, um, to even observe our own experience from that place. To, we can observe our own experience, our own life. doesn't diminish it or devalue it, but to, to have that perspective can be very helpful for us, to have that space and to relate to it. Also that idea of non-clinging, right, which is... Um, Sort of allowing, letting go, the letting go, um, you know, practicing that in this in the meditation is very helpful for helping us let go in life. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Anybody else? Yep. Yeah, got a hand over here. There does seem to be an interplay in some of these boats between um, the thoughts and the feelings, like for maybe where the thought can lead to feelings that can amplify the thoughts and um, in a good or bad direction, like changing the color of the glasses maybe. Yeah. But uh, like the fear of failure boat. Yeah. The fear of failure boat can become the sky is falling boat. Yes. And... um, I can see the value, uh, staying on the shore, I can see the value of um, in thinking about like a scenario that might come to mind and it seems kind of scary, but like if it's possible to take a more clinical look at it and objective look at it, uh, think it through a little bit. Uh, maybe it's actually not so scary after all, mm-hmm. right? And like, and maybe like, hey, you know, I've actually inca- I've experienced things that are much worse, mm-hmm. and dealt with them, and so it's really not so bad. Mm-hmm. I can see that value of actually the discipline of staying off the boat. <laughs> if uh-huh. that makes any, makes any sense? Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful. One more comment. Question. Question. Great. So uh, I'm wondering if you could say a bit more about the uh, the risk, or if that's too strong a word, just the nature of of staying on or becoming our boats. Um, mm-hmm. Devil's advocate might say the party boat was fun. The war boat gave one an intensity of purpose. You know, why, why not stay? Mm-hmm. Um, what what's the benefit, or what's the nature of of staying, not staying more Great. explicitly? Great. Well, um, let me ask you the question back. What do you think the risk and benefit of staying on a boat is? 
Losing perspective. Losing perspective. Okay. Losing sight of what's the full picture of what's real or what all the opportunities or possible paths forward are. Maybe. Great. I really like pink glasses. But I, I, it's probably pretty important that I see the green lights, right? Yeah. Yeah. And things change. You know, what, what's needed changes. And sometimes we get very attached to having a certain kind of experience. And then, you know, when, that, when it's needed for it to shift or it just shifts, it's really hard for us. That can be a crisis point for many people. When things shift to divorce, you know, or a life-threatening illness, or, you know, just sort of your team, instead of winning, it starts losing, right? Even though you have a purpose. So the, if we get over-identified and committed to these particular identities and ways of being in the world, um, we, uh, we under-relate in other ways, we lose other capacities, and we lose often this sense of our core self, truthfully, I think. There's something deep within that that we can lose contact with when we get over-invested in, in the identity view. Yeah. So um, let's just do one more brief sit, and then we'll do dhyans and wrap up for the night. So um, go ahead and take a meditation posture and really just tune into the rhythm of breathing. And let's keep this as simple as possible, this little meditation period. Uh, You can use whatever tools were offered, but no no effort is needed. Just see what, what comes up, whether you use the flashlight or you see the boats or you just do simple noting. But just first start just really feeling the breath in the body here and now caring for your experience noticing the tone of voice in the world and if it if there is a voice noticing the tone the energy and taking a moment to cultivate and sort of set an intention to have a welcoming expansive open accepting view and experience and relationship to whatever arises for yourself in this meditation tonight And maybe taking three longer, deeper, fuller breaths and feeling the breath really from inside, being in the experience of breathing. Maybe just as a reference point, Noticing your mood, the emotion that's there, and there may be more than one, but just gently, tenderly noting. And maybe even being aware of the emotion as you're aware of breathing. Knowing breathing in, 
and breathing out. Whatever's happening, be curious, be aware as best you can. Just take a moment to notice what are you aware of and what's your relationship to what you're aware of. And just see if you can lean back into the tree as you recognize what's happening for you here and now. Let's pair up. Please find somebody to sit and share with. Just move your chairs or seats so you can face each other and hear each other. And please share your name. Okay, take a deep breath. (sighs) Feel yourself here. And maybe just take a moment to notice you're sitting with somebody who came to the same class that you did, right? Who's interested in learning about their mind and their emotions and their experience in this life. Just take a moment to notice that. How cool is that? Pretty cool.
All right. So the first question I'd like you to just share, um, one at a time, just, you know, um, so I'll ring the, I'll let one person speak for about a minute, and then I'll ring a bell, and you'll switch. And that is just to share kind of what you learned today about thinking, mindfulness of thinking, or your own thoughts, and or your relationship to your thoughts, sort of what stands out to you about what 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 came clear for you. Okay? So whoever has mm, the shortest socks or the lack of socks in your dyad can be the one to start. <laughs> Please begin. All right, please pause. Take a deep breath. Notice how you're feeling. Bring mindfulness to your experience. Lean against the tree. (sighs) All right. Question number two. If what you learned tonight was truly a treasure, was truly something that could help you live a better and happier life, how would you relate to it, treat it, what would you do to support protecting and utilizing this treasure in a way that was useful and helpful? Please begin. Just giving your, so make sure you take a pause between, right? Before you switch, make sure you take a pause. Great. So settling, settling, coming back into your bodies. Right? Just notice, kind of vibrate, right? We're affected by what we think and what we share. So just taking this precious moment to take in how you've been touched by your reflections here. Letting it soak in. And thank your partners. Yeah, and you can stay where you are. Go back to your seat. Just in the final moments. Um, We have time for a question or a comment or two if, if anyone wants to share. Yeah, great. Can you get the... Um, So this is more of a question because Mm -hmm. this is something I've been pondering as well. I know you said, you know, the meditation, it's important. One of the aha moments actually for me today was the the discernment, I mean, or the the observation, right? Like just observe those boats and not really try to be the boat or get on those boats. Yes. Um, How do you... How do you really practice that in real life and, you know, in, in our society that we're in? Because for me, like, I'm in, a, I'm in a role, like, in a job where I'm expected to give an opinion for everything. And I'm expected to, mm-hmm. when things don't go my way, I'm expected to argue and, you know, kind of make, make arguments for why I'm right and somebody else is wrong. And 
Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, what tools or what can we practice in real life that helps us, you know, with this? That's a great question. Um, so I think, first of all, just to say it's not a problem to become whatever you need to become in life, right? That's... The, the goal is for us to be able to be, to respond to life and to be life and, you know, right? So, and another thing I'll say is, um, one thing that I found very, very important was to let Tanya be Tanya. That I, I spent a lot of time trying to be this way or be that way or, you know, and... It was a lot simpler and easier. Just let me be who I was. Just let me be. And and really the freedom comes in accepting and knowing, being aware, right? Being aware and so that we have the space to observe. And so we can say, well, the way I'm being right now seems to be hurting this person. I seem to be kind of showing up in a way that's causing them to contract or have their feelings hurt. Oh, okay, can I, and I notice that, right? And if I notice that, I can care. And then there's a natural letting go for me that happens around, okay, well, let me see if I can engage in a little different way, right? And, you know, maybe that's too simplistic for what your work situation is like, but um, but the idea is that, you know, don't try and over-control who you are. More know who you are and know the impact of it on you and others. Is that helpful? Yes, thank you. Okay. Any other comments or questions before we wrap up with a summary and a little reminder about the homework? Was this useful for you tonight? Um, I feel like I have a hard time, like, separating last week from this week, like, the emotions and thoughts. Yeah. And I feel like when I think of the thought, it brings me to an emotion. And, um, yeah. Can you really separate it? Um, So, well, hmm. can you really separate it? Well, sometimes you have... Emotions without any clear thoughts that are present at the moment, you know. They certainly feed each other. You know, there's different, you, you know, like what, what comes first, the emotion or the, the thought? It's something to discover for yourself. Um, thoughts will definitely fuel emotions. Emotions will definitely fuel thoughts. So... But I think what's useful and what's been, for me, and helpful is that these are different layers of our experience. And so instead of it being this one big conglomerate blob that's all stuck together, there's a way of separating out these different pieces and it can help us sift through and tease apart um, and recognize and get untangled a little bit from the whole experience. And so, um, you know, yeah, you, you can't breathe without a body, you know, and, and 
um, you can't know your breathing without having being aware of your body and you know thoughts are necessary to even recognize emotions so it's not like they're separate universes but they can be teased apart and pulled apart and it allows more space and room for us to see more deeply more fully all the things that are going on and how they're relating and interacting and fueling and and manifesting I think the word untangled really helps good good yeah great thank you okay so let's just close it up because that's about what time it is um You've you've got you know you've been doing all these practices. So this week, this is our last week before our final class, and um, so hopefully you can you can kind of be working with teasing apart and noticing the different parts of our experience, and notice the richness that comes from recognizing tension in the shoulders, right, or something in the body, often as a single signal. signal (laughs) that there's something going on in the mind or in the heart right so you know and and you can also notice well i'm having a thought can i find it in the body right i'm having an emotion oh can i i'm going to think about it or can i feel it simply so just working with all these things this week and Noticing clearly what's happening, trying the the different techniques that we've done and see how they impact you, how they impact your mind. So this week, the encouragement is to now sit for 30 minutes a day and to reflect on your beliefs about your thoughts, about how important do you think your thoughts are. Are they the most important part of your experience? You know, just sort of notice... What, what kind of beliefs do you have about your thoughts? Do you have a thought and you immediately think, well, I have a thought, so it's got to be true. Right? And spend two hours tracking different kinds of thoughts. So take a two-hour chunk and just maybe make a note or somehow ch- track, oh, I'm planning, I'm thinking, I'm worrying, whatever kinds of thoughts you have. And then two hours tracking your intentions. What is my intention? So that's your invitation for the week. May it go well. May it support you. May your practice flourish. May you come back next week. May this be a benefit to you and everybody else. All right? Thank you.